Let us stand for the word. The scripture we'll be sharing from today is Psalm 133. It's known as the brotherly love scripture. I think they're going to put it up. Oh, there it is. Let us go before the Lord. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments as the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. I've chosen for a title, All Us We. And uh, I'll tell you a little bit more about that later on as we go forth. You may be seated. All us we sound like some bad English, but it's not. But it's not. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> so let's go to the word. Some believe David wrote this psalm when he was being installed as king unanimously by the tribes of Israel. The tribes were now united under one leader, and it would behoove Israel to work together. No longer under the government of judges, where the tribes often had separate interests. Others believe David may have written the psalm as instruction to his many sons by many wives. If they, were put, if they were to put into practice the instruction, much of the mischief that befell the family may have been avoided. Our scripture opens with the command to behold. Behold means to observe, to look at, to see. Synonyms for behold are regard, gaze upon, view. Watch, discern. The connotation of the command, behold, is it foretells something special will occur. What is to come is important. It isn't normal. Doesn't happen all the time. Not just another game. It is, in fact, a rare occurrence. The word good in the original Hebrew means excellent, choice, select, having desirable qualities, and agreeable to the senses. Pleasant is defined as pleasing, agreeable, or enjoyable, giving pleasure. One cinnamon says it is delightful. The writer continues for brethren, that's all of us, to dwell together in unity. To dwell means to live or stay as a permanent resident, to live or continue in a given condition or state, dwell in happiness, dwell in joy. And sometimes it means to linger, to linger over, to emphasize, to ponder in thought. Some of those late midnight experiences that we have, we're dwelling on the situation. Children may not be acting right. Maybe challenges on the job. Maybe the marriage isn't where it should be. But whatever the case may be, we go to the Lord and he, we, we dwell on these thoughts. But the Lord is speaking to us. The Holy Spirit comes to us in that midnight hour gives us answers, gives us comfort, gives us guidance. So dwelling, dwelling means you're just giving it your all. You're into it. You're thinking about it all the time. You're trying to figure it out. And you know what? We need God. As great as we are, as smart as we are, we can't figure it out. We need God to figure it out for us. So we thank the Lord for that. Dwelling together in unity is more than just the absence of quarreling, jealousy, envy, strife, angry disagreements, or greed, but it's more about the encouragement of one another, the desire to see others succeed. 
a love for one another, a genuine, genuine concern for our fellow brother or sister. And why is it a rare occurrence that people dwell in unity, dwell together in unity? Because in our own right, without the Holy Ghost, without the Holy Spirit, we don't love on people like that. We need God's love. That's the only real love that will be lasting. That's the only real love that will change somebody's life. It's not dependent on anything. It's purely unconditional. Amen? So we are reminded in Galatians 6, 2, bear ye one another burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. So when we're dwelling together in unity, we're concerned about one another. So if somebody uh, loses a job, we step in to try to help out. If somebody loses their home, we see what we can do. If somebody needs encouragement for loss of a loved one or somebody's going through a health challenge, we're there. We're visiting at the hospital. We're going by the house. We're not staying all day, but we're going by to encourage, to lift, and help our brothers and sisters as they go through. And likewise, they're doing the same thing for us. It's genuine. We care about somebody else. So it's about the collective success of the group, the unique talents each of us who have been created in the image of God, all of us, accomplishing more as a group than we can individually. That's the power of work dwelling together in unity. If we think about sports teams, and we've had some great ones in this town. I'm sorry about the Dodgers last night. That, that happens. But you look at the Lakers over the years, and the Rams just a couple of years ago won the Super Bowl. Those teams had a singular focus that allowed them to win. How come they don't repeat? Because it's not easy to stay there. It's not easy to stay in that great place of unity. And so we need the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us. And so when we're in the house of, we're in the house of dwelling together, and I consider it a place. When we're in unity, we're in a special place, and God is sending blessings to that place. And so we have one house rule when we're dwelling together in unity. We follow Jesus. That's it. That's it. Now, you remember when you were a youngster and your mama said, be home before the streetlights went off. Or we all had to be at the dinner table at a certain time. Or we, all these different rules and regulations that you had in your home. We're going to church on Sunday morning. All those things that we needed to be doing. But we only need one rule in this house. If we follow Jesus, we take on his character, we show his love to others, that's how we get to unity. And when you have that unity, you can do some great things. You look around at this beautiful, amazing cathedral that our pastor built our first lady adorned, and 20, 22 years ago now, we marched from 3045 down to 3600. It was an amazing day, an amazing day in the life of our church. That came about because of the unity we as a family had. Bishop Blake came and shared the vision and said, people, this is what God wants me to do. The world is saying, you can't build no $65 million church in the South LA, are you crazy? No, we're not crazy. We're just believing. We're just believing. And so Bishop gave us the directions and the instructions. We, in turn, rallied around. We fasted. We prayed. We listened to instruction from our pastor. And we gave. We gave. And look at this beautiful place that we're able to dwell and worship in. You can't tell me God isn't good. None of us thought we'd be building something this special. But yet here we are, 22 years later, still celebrating. And just a little while, we're going to look over there on the east side of this building, exposition side, and there's another building coming up, and it's called the Family Life Center. And I know that God is going to do something 
unbelievable for this community, for this church, and this group, this society that we live in with that Family Life Center. It is going to be a beacon of hope. Amen? I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. So let's talk about unity a little bit. I just did, but I'll go a little further on that. Lord knows we need unity. Our, our society is so divided. We have racial division. We have political division. The wealth divide continues to grow. We're divided on how to manage a global pandemic. We're arguing about who should wear a mask and who shouldn't. We're arguing about vaccinations, and people are dying by the millions. So that division just doesn't work. Wear a mask or not. Get vaccinated or not. Inflation is challenging people's ability to, to survive. We can send folks to space, but have yet to solve the homeless problem. Crime is rising. Mass shootings are becoming far too common. Seems like every other week we got a mass shooting. And we can get numb to that, and we can't. We can't. We have got to pray, people. We've got to pray about this violence that's overtaking our society. Civil discourse is rare, and personal attacks are common. You can't even have a conversation without somebody getting upset because your opinion is different. It's okay to have different opinions, but we don't have to go and make it personal and start attacking one another. But that's what seems to happen. I was telling my wife, why are people so angry? Everybody mad. God is too good for us to all be walking around mad. Some things may not be going well for you, but nobody's gonna be in a mountaintop experience every day of their lives. We're gonna have some valley experiences. We don't stay there. We walk through, and then you're, you're back, going back up toward the mountaintop experience. So God is good that way, but folks got to stop being so angry. Let's get some smiles on our faces. Let's say hello. Let's greet somebody sometime. It's all right. It don't hurt. And because someone disagrees with me, he is not my enemy. He is not my enemy. How are we going to love on the, on the world if we think everybody who doesn't believe like we do are our enemy? How are we going to ever help them see Christ if we think they're not, they're, they're not with us, we ain't, got, we ain't got to worry with them? Somebody worried with me. Somebody prayed for me. Somebody gave me God's word and said, you need this, young man. Victims are blamed for their situation. It goes on and on. Church, our light needs to shine. Our unity, when we're walking and dwelling together in that unity, is a beacon of hope, and we need for people to see that. Amen? So let's talk about unity a little bit further. It's defined as a state of being one, oneness. It's in agreement. It's in harmony. It's in solidarity. We built this and we were in solidarity. We were in harmony. We were walking together. We knew we were all sacrificing. We knew we were all serving, and it felt really good. It felt really good that day we came down here and had that groundbreaking ceremony. I saw families and I looked out and my little kids were there and other people were there with their children and we knew this place was gonna be a blessing and it still is. So we're excited about it, thank you God. So when we think about oneness and the Bible talks about unity throughout. In an early discussion of unity, and this is a plug for Married Couples for Christ, in Genesis 2, 24, 
Uh, King James Version, the Bible says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Amen? You know we need unity in marriages and families. We need strong marriages and strong families. Amen? So let's talk about the Trinity, the Godhead. The, the ultimate dream team. Amen? Jesus Christ, our Heavenly Father, the Holy Spirit. God is unity. In the Holy Trinity, we, we see God in three distinct persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Yet he remains an indivisible God. He's still just God, the ultimate in oneness. Now, is there a better dream team than that? I don't think so. I don't think so. The oneness is exhibited in the Shema prayer. Shema means to hear. It is a command. In the Jewish faith, the Shema prayer is spoken every day. It is found in Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. I'll read some of it. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You should bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You should write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Amen. The Shema prayer was so influential that Jesus started his response to the question, which is the first commandment? In Mark 12, 29, 31, and Jesus answered, the first of all the commandments is, hear, O Israel, the Lord God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. So we, if we truly love our neighbors, if we love ourselves, and you know we love ourselves. Uh, you know, I'm going to be honest, but I love me some David Moore. You know, I, I do. Now, Sister Colette loves some David Moore, too. And we love some of y'all. We love all y'all. <laughs> but in all seriousness, we have to love our neighbors. We have to be concerned about one another. I mean, I want to see people succeed. You know, I really do. Uh, God has so much available to us. I tell people, you don't have to be jealous of anybody. God's got everything. He's got enough money for you. He's got enough money for you. He's got a house for you. He's got a car for you. All that stuff's available. Let's not be jealous or envious of one another. Let's cheer them on and say, look, Lord, what you've done for him. Can you give me some of that? And yes, he will. Yes, he will. Because I'm telling you, I can't imagine the life I have now. When I was a little boy, I never, never saw this coming. But that's how good God is. Amen? In John 10, 30, Jesus makes it very clear. I and my father are one. We're one. Ephesians 2.18 in New Living Translation. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us by him dying on the cross, raising up on the third day. 
we have access to God again. We have access to the Holy Spirit. And they're all one. So God is the ultimate in unit, in dwelling in unity. Ephesians 4, 3, 6, New Living Translation. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace, for there is one body and one spirit. Just as you have been called to the one glorious hope for the future, there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. Amen. Apostle Paul, in a lot of his writings, wanted us to be, have unity within the church. We ought not have bickering between denominations. We ought not have bickering within our own church. We ought to be working together. And Apostle Paul in Philippians 2 and 2 said, Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. That's what he says. Galatians 6 and 10 as we there, therefore have opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. My brothers, and I, I experienced this with all of you, we practice this. We treat each other well. We treat each other very well. And I appreciate you for loving on me, and I hope you feel the love coming back. But we got to expand that body of people. We got to love on even those who are not amongst the brothers. Amen. But we, we're going to take care of each other first. You always take care of home. Amen? We're always going to take your home, but we want to go out and help others find the joy and the oneness of mind that we have here at West Angeles. And then in 2 Corinthians 13 11, King James Version says, Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect, be of good comfort, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace shall be with you. And we serve a God of love and a God of peace. Let's talk about the unity with Christ. Once an, ooh, once an individual chooses to recognize the Lord Jesus Christ as his, her savior, acknowledging his great sacrifice for our sins, at that very moment, we are promised eternal life. In John 10 and 29, Jesus says, my father, which gave them me, is greater than all. No man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Meaning once you engage with Jesus, ain't nobody taking you nowhere. You are in the family. He wants you to be a part of the family. He wants you to have the full benefits of being a family member. Amen? I'm going to go a little bit further. Ephesians 4, 15 and 16. It's talking about the church still. I mean, the unity in the church. Instead, we will speak the truth in love. Growing in every way more and more like Christ, who are the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. I used to tease my kids. They, they'd be bickering with each other and they're talking about, I'm speaking the truth in love. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you weren't. So you got to be careful with that, how you share that truth. Let's make sure we are truly doing it with love. Amen. And then moving on into uh, verse 2 and 3 of our text. David describes what it's like to dwell in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard. 
They went down to the skirts of his garment, the dew of Hermon as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. It was believed that the, the precious ointment that was placed on Aaron and, and the other priests that came through the temple was like the Holy Spirit. It drains and fills all of us. Everybody nearby got a taste. And when we're dwelling in unity, the Holy Spirit has to be present because there's no unity without his presence. So if we're dwelling in unity, we know the Holy Spirit is there. And we're all having an assignment. You, you may be ushering. You may be serving, as my kids say, deaconing. Or you may be a minister. You may be an evangelist. It doesn't matter your title. It doesn't matter your position. You may sing in the choir. You may have the best voice ever. It doesn't matter. Just do your part. Do your part. I love that when we talk about, and usually, usually we talk about this around building campaigns, you know, not equal giving but equal sacrifice. You've heard that before. I've been in church now, God, almost 40 years. And I've heard it many times. And usually it's around the campaign of giving, and that's fine. But it does apply. All of us have different talents, treasures. We have more time available, less time available, whatever it is. Give what God has allowed you to do. Give it with genuine cheerfulness. Amen? And you will be blessed. So... I'm getting ready to close, y'all. What are the benefits of dwelling together in unity? Oh, yeah. I'm glad you asked. Together, we possess great strength to stand against and overcome our enemy, the devil. We exhibit the character of God, oneness. We bear one another's burdens. It, help us, it helps us to remain humble. You can't get puffed up if you're working together. Amen. We use our, our gifts to complement and build each other up in 1 Corinthians 12. We can do great things together. We talked about what we did here under Bishop's leadership in this cathedral and then soon to be the Family Life Center. We are examples of hope. We are light in a dark world. We are ambassadors of Christ and worthy of emulation. It is, a rare, it is rare in a divided world. It is life-producing. Trajectory of my life changed when I got with West Angeles Brotherhood, when I got with West Angeles Church and the leadership of this man. God took me to heights that I didn't even know about. Opened doors that I had no idea even existed. And so, you know, God don't just bless you just for your purposes. God blesses you to be a blessing to others. So the knowledge that I'm gaining, my wife and I, we're, we're on a mission. We're trying to help black folks have legacy with their finances. We want to leave inheritance to our children's children. That's in the word. Amen? And we're finding all kinds of tools to do that. We're not going to sell you nothing. We're just going to tell you about it. So we're not, we're not about that. We're just about to share with you how we all keep this thing going. And when we are in a place where God will bless us, let me, let me back up. It is life producing. Dwelling together in unity produces life. It is pleasant and pleasing to God. Word says it. I didn't say it. The word said it. And we are in this place where God will bless us. And that unity, when we have it, it says that the Lord commanded the blessing right there. Right there, right here, all over this beautiful cathedral. When we work together... 
So I don't know about you. Actually, I do. You wanted to. I want that blessing. <laughs> I want the Lord to bless all of us. And whatever little share he gives me, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. So let's dwell together in unity. Let's go forward. Let's, let's do the Great Commission and tell the world about Jesus Christ. Amen. We can't do anything without Jesus. We can't do anything without the Holy Spirit. But with Christ, with the Holy Spirit, we're empowered to do great things. And I look forward to all the great things that we're going to accomplish at West Angeles Church of God in Christ. Thank you for listening. God bless you. I love you all.